The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, August 16th, 2023, season 19, episode number 18. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from Oxnard, California. It is our final day uh, on the show here. We have a couple more days of practice. Cowboys will have a full practice today. Tomorrow they'll have a walkthrough. Friday we get on a plane, head to Seattle. We play a game on uh, Saturday night, and we'll be heading back and get back to uh, Dallas at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. And Monday we'll start all over again. Yeah, we will. Welcome to the season, guys. <laughs> we're doing it. All right, let's uh, let's jump in. This today, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of a wrap on training camp. Um, what's wrong? Wrap? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you, you got some? Bars. You, you got yeah, bars for us? I, I, I mean, if you got you bars, you can always. <laughs> no Melly Mel, though. Don't, don't go Melly Mel in it, though. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I wanted to do a, a camp wrap. Um, we're going to talk about some different topics. I'm going to throw out some different questions to you guys and get some opinions. Uh, after seeing these weeks of training camp and all the practices that we've seen, get kind of a, a, a bigger picture look from you guys on what you think of this team and some of the players on this team heading into the final two preseason games um, and then obviously heading into the season. Um, let's start first with, though, uh, we have not talked about the Zach Martin deal last time we were on the air. Mm-hmm. Zach Martin was not uh, in the at practice yet. Uh, what was the deal, first of all? What, what, what were the terms of the deal? Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about what you guys think of that. Mm-hmm. So it, it more or less breaks down. He gets an $8 million raise over the next two seasons, minus the uh, the fines. $8 that million he, per or $8 million total? Total. total. So minus the fees that approached $1 million, he netted roughly $7 million. But the breakdown goes as follows. So it's two years, 36 point nine roundup nine million dollars uh and keep in mind this is after the restructure so he already had 11.8 million of his salary restructured in march so he's basically in totality he's getting roughly 36 million dollars in guaranteed money over the next two years but the key to remember is not only is he getting that guaranteed but inclusive of that is an overall $8 million pay bump. So he didn't set the market. And as I said before, I was of the belief that Zach Martin was not trying to set the market. He was just trying to get more pay for, you know, something that was more commensurate with his value to the team. So they found a sweet spot. He rich. Oh, he rich, rich. <laughs> um, but you can be rich, rich when you're great, great. So, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Nick, was this a good deal? Good deal for the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean... You know, I was thinking about this. They didn't go into training camp thinking that this was – I mean, they didn't go into maybe the the season a few weeks into training camp thinking this was something that they had to do. But I kind of equate this situation to like, your your air conditioner going out. Huh. It's in not, Texas or in California? Texas. Texas. Oh, wow. It's a big difference. Do they have it here? I'm just saying it's a big difference. <laughs> no. We're in, in Texas, <laughs> right? Your, your Texas AC. You you might be budgeting different things that you need. Oh, I'm gonna buy this. I'm gonna get this. I need to you know pay for this. But when the AC goes out, 
That changes everything. Now, okay, get it fixed. When? Like today, like now. Like, can you come now and let, let's get it? What is it going to be? Ah, that's a little high, but I got to do it. I got to get really it. Really don't fixed. care what the price is. Because yeah. if, he's, if it's not here, it gets really hot and sticky. Same with Zach Martin not being here. It changes the priority of everything. When he did that, good move by him, good leverage, good timing because it worked. He had, they had to get this done. He's that important to what they were trying to do. I just perfect analogy because I'm sitting here thinking about you're in Texas heat. It's 105 degrees, and that that's equivalent to the pressure that's on the Cowboys <laughs> right? to deliver this year, no right? And every hour that that AC is out, the, the heat just goes up and yep. up and up, and that thermostat says 80, 85, 90, 95, 100, and at 100, now it's a health risk. You got to wonder if people are going to start surviving, <laughs> right? He's taking this to another level. I'm saying, I'm about that, to say, maybe I don't even want to go home now. You got to wonder if people are going to start surviving. So it sounds like we prepped this thing, but we, we really, really didn't. didn't. Like, he just <laughs> took, he just took the ball. I I just. Lobbed it up, and he just LeBron. But also, kudos to Jerry Jones for yeah. pulling the full HVAC repair. Uh, Jerry Jones <laughs> sat down with Zach Martin when the Cowboys, when we went back to Dallas last week to prep for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they got in the room. And you know what they say: two people in the room can get more done than a room full of a, you know than a room with a hundred people in it. So Zach Martin, Jerry Jones sat down face to face, good conversation, and everything is everything. So you don't think the game had anything to do with it? The fact that oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Um, again, <laughs> the temperature starts going up. <laughs> the thermostat starts reading higher and higher. And so I think Jerry Jones, uh, I think he knew going in to Dallas last week that he wanted to probably have a sit down with his best player and try to hash things out. But to your point, I think uh, if there wasn't a, a resolution met before the game, there was certainly one yeah. reached after the game. I love what, what Zach said, too, in this press conference. And, and, I, and I got a chance – I asked him afterwards about – Jerry's comments like did you ever hear any of those and he goes yeah you know I did and he laughed but he said you know somebody told him I'm not sure who he he could talk with someone love this quote and he said you know when you step into the world of the Mm -hmm. business side when you basically when you play the game of hey I'm gonna do a holdout you're playing the game yeah you know playing the game and so he goes it's all all bets are off at that point so uh um yeah, they are closing it, closing shop here a little bit. <laughs> so, actually, I was a little disappointed by this move because this what's being happened is is the water, uh, the free water machine is being is being taken away, and I was really hoping to. to I don't know, one. maybe it's not. It's true. They're, they're it's not, it may not be some challenges. It's definitely being wheeled. William's gonna come help it out. <laughs> William, go, go get in there and fix the water machine. Oh gosh, there we go. Um, but either way, sorry, we're distractible players around here. No, but I, I actually, I actually, I, I love that he said that because I think sometimes there are some players out there who um, they they get into the the negotiations of a contract and and then they get they take it personal mm-hmm. and they get sensitive when it comes to things that are said or done as a part of that process. And what I always say is, if you don't want to be a part of that process, let your agent handle it. And just stay out of it mm-hmm. because that's what agents are for. Agents know how to do that kind of thing. If you're going to be a part of it, though, understand that business is business. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the things I, I like about Jerry a lot, actually, is that, you know, he, he will he will negotiate really hard. And he will say things as a part of the negotiation that kind of lead you down a path. But whenever, <laughs> like you said, whenever it gets to a point where, okay, we got to go ahead and get this deal done, he'll go sit down with that player. And he'll talk to that player. And he'll put his arm around that player, and there is no doubt when they leave that meeting, 
I love you, man. You're right. my dude. Yep. You know, and and so I think I think Jerry has a good way of kind of separating the two. He can compartmentalize. The business is the business. Mm-hmm. The personal is the personal. And if you're going to be in the business side and you're going to be a part of that, know that we playing the business game, and that's what we're going to. It's no different than being on the field. Mm-hmm. Like while we're on the field, I'm going to knock your head off, right? right. If those players out there, they can be friends off the field, but when they're on the field. It's football. Right. And so I think it's the same thing in business. Jerry did the same thing with Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah. It's the same thing. It was playing hardball, playing right. hardball, leveraging, leveraging. But when push came to absolute shove and it was time to shake hands, Jerry got in there and well, shook hands. And a big part of that, too, is is the fact of, is that when those haymakers or whatever you want to call it are being delivered, what are you doing? Are yeah. you standing in there or are you ducking? And that's what Zach Martin did. He, he dug in. He continued yeah. to stay. Give respect. And, and, and DeMarcus did the same thing. Because when, when, when he was out here saying, well, we got to pay these other guys. we got to pay Parsons. It would have been easy to be like, all right, maybe you know, these fines are starting to come up. He, he, he kind of embraced it and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to go all the way here. I don't know how far he was going to go, but it was to the point where who blinked? Nobody wanted to find out. No. No. <laughs> This is good. So you know what? You didn't. You didn't. They didn't wake up thinking the AC was going to go out, but it did, and and they had to fix it immediately. That's one of those things. Just it, it, that goes right to the top, and they and they fixed it. So you guys mentioned that uh, you know could could this have been something where you know you saw something in the game that kind of pushed this along. That being said, let's let's talk about like where this leaves the Cowboys from an offensive line perspective because I think as we watch practice out here, I'll speak for myself. Um, there were some concerns in my mind with regard to how this offensive line was going to be be able to perform. With Zach Martin here, though, now you've got a starting offensive line that is the all-starting offensive line you had last year when you didn't have injury. Um, where are the concerns? Where do concerns still lie for you, if any, now that Zach Martin is back in the fold? Yeah, I mean, I, for me, I just the, the, the backup spots of, you know, because – in a perfect world, if Tyron plays all the games and, and Terrence Steele and all that, and then you got your three guys in the middle, yeah, everything's going to be great. But the, the backups, it's a big drop-off. There's not – I don't think there's that sixth guy that's really chomping at the bit. I could be wrong here, but I, I – Do you just, know who your swing tackle is at this No, point? not not no. really. But I but I think that what – you know, you know, Robert Ory was a good shooter when Shaq was down, yeah, he was. In, down in, in the paint. You know what I mean? Or, or when Hakeem was in okay, there for I'm Houston, whatever. Say, I'm saying when the stars are there, the, the guys t- tend to shoot better on the outside. Yeah. I think Terrence Steele and Tyler Biotis just got better yes. with Zach Martin sliding in there. So I think the line got way better, more than just one spot. But the, but after that, I don't know. I don't know who your sixth lineman is. Nor do I. Um, I will say, and I said it a couple days ago, I do believe that the presence of Zach not only – uh, makes Terrence Steele better, not only makes Tyler Biadish better, and then not only makes the starting five as a whole better, uh, but he's going to help elevate some of these young guys. So as the Cowboys are trying to figure out who's, mm-hmm. you know, is Matt Farniak ready to take the next step? Is Matt Willetsko ready to take the next step at swing? Brock Hoffman on the interior, Alec Lindstrom as the backup for Tyler Biadish. It, it can only help these young guys to have <laughs> Zach Martin back in the building. Never mentioned Josh Ball. It can only help these young guys uh, to have Zach Martin back in the building and back on the practice field coaching them rep after rep. So after each of their reps, they get to come to the sideline and bounce the ideas off of Zach and say, Zach, 
what did you see what can i improve upon and that was missing during zach's holdout so now i'm really looking forward to seeing hopefully these young guys like farniak and, and hoffman kind of take the step forward against seattle and most certainly against las vegas so before week one we can actually sit here and say okay well there's still question marks for the depth uh, on the offensive line but maybe not as many as we had prior to Zach Martin returning to training camp. Yeah, I mean, the key at this point is they got to figure out who's their backup guard, who's their backup tackle, because that's where you – once you get to that point, then it's, you're kind of playing you know, house money at that point. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if they even feel – at least in our minds, I don't know that we have an idea of who that person really is because nobody's really separated themselves. I as think yet. the backup tackle it might be t uh, Tyler Smith, and then they would – you know, if if something right, happened yeah, to tackle, then they would right, back agree, to twenty twenty yard in, and then they. <laughs> but that also, moving. but that also has to to do with okay, is if is well, let's go your next best tackle, and if he's your next best best tackle, how much better is he than your next best guard, right? Mm, right, and that's mm, what we don't know, like how they are evaluating those guys in in that way. Uh, how about Adoga? I mean, when will when will yeah. he be back? When will he be healthy? Because I don't know that he was horrible out here. I thought he was okay. He had, he had his, some ups, good he had his ups and downs. So, so I think so. maybe you kind of look at him, and then when he gets back healthy, maybe he's the guy that ends up being your swing tackle. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know more than the offensive line coach. Obviously, I just I've never seen him as a tackle. Who? Edoga. I, I see him as a guard, and um, yeah. that's his build. That's what his build is. That's where he actually has played his best football, I think, in the NFL. Um, so I was a little surprised. At Josh Ball's I mean, he's, he's, his build is obviously a tackle. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you also have to have the feet for it. And so I'm not sure that he does. Um, but, you know, he's, he's getting a lot of work. But to the work where the Cowboys also said, okay, we're going to pay Zach Martin more money now. And I'm also wondering, you know, now that now that Zach is back, and, again, this goes to the, the, the butterfly effect that goes outward from that position. Awesome Richards. Awesome oh, Richards, yeah. rookie fifth-round pick. He was getting a lot of flex work to the point where it sounded a couple of weeks ago, maybe even last week, that Mike McCarthy wanted to start to get him some exclusivity at a particular position because maybe he was struggling because there was so much flex. Okay, well, now Zach Martin is back. Less interior work for Awesome, possibly. More on the edges. So now he can compete with Matt Willett's go for that swing tackle position. So maybe the, the backups at the edge start to kind of formulate more because it all starts to fix itself or organically hopefully now that Zach is back in the picture real quick before we get to our first break uh, we haven't really talked much about him on this show throughout training camp but how do you think Terrence Steele has performed so far here at camp this year uh Terrence Steele is back um first practice he was on the field after being activated from the pup list no brace and he was just out there contending with Demarcus Lawrence and contending with Sam Williams and and he was winning battles in his first practice back from a torn ACL. And he's only gotten more and more solid from there. And we talked to him on yesterday. He said he feels great. A couple weeks ago, I was speaking to him kind of off the cuff. And he said, Pat, um, it feels like I was never hurt in the first place. Mm -hmm. And that is just amazing to hear when you look at the timeline from an injury such as a torn ACL. I think Terrence Steele is, is right back where he was pre-injury. And that can only bode well for the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I think this this op. This pay him. This line, yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna be next probably. <laughs> Everybody, Emerson, pay the man. Pay the man. Um, I think this has a chance to be one of your strongest lines that they've had. I'm talking about not just strength, strength. Mm -hmm. um, we're really moving people off the ball. Um, Biotis is is getting to a point where I think he uses his leverage well. He, you know, he's probably the least of the five when it comes to just pure strength, but. 
center, that's not exactly what you're looking for all the time. But from Tyron to Tyler to Zach and Terrence, um, you, I think you have an opportunity when you get first and goal at the eight, first and goal at the nine. You know, we talk about this all the time, how tough it is. got to be able to run the ball, push them back. That's where it gets really tough. And I think with Tyler, I love him at left guard. I really do. And Terrence Steele on the right side with, with – I mean, we've seen times they just wall people off over there. I think they're going to have a chance to really run the ball, you know, and really knock people back. All right, we're going to take our first break. We're going to come back. We're going to do our camp wrap. Got a lot of questions for these guys, give you guys a big picture look at what we've seen over here over these four weeks of training camp in Oxnard, California. We'll be back, DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yo Quiero, Yo Quiero Guacamole. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. A 
Come watch the Dallas Cowboys practice at the Star in Frisco during training camp presented by American Airlines. Free open practices will take place at Ford Center starting with Cowboys Night on August 22nd and run through the 24th. For more information, visit DallasCowboys.com slash training camp. Welcome back. Second segment of the break live from this. I'm not from the SWBC nope. Mortgage Studios. <laughs> we will be back at the SWB, SWBC Mortgage Studios next week. Got an upgrade, and, didn't uh, it? Did get a little, it got a little, little upgrade. I got a Quite. picture yesterday somebody sent me. Of the new studios, it's pretty sweet. pretty sweet. I can't wait to get back in there. We'll be back there next week. Uh, we are in, in Oxnard, California, and this segment is brought to you by Blockchain.com. All right, we will take some uh, some questions throughout the show on our new text line as well. That text line number is eight one seven two nine zero three two nine eight. Again, it is eight one seven. Two nine zero three two nine eight. Send a Make lot sure you of include text, please. Your name and where you're from, if you'd like us to mention that, and uh, we'll try to get some questions throughout the show. All right, let's. I'm actually gonna start on one of them from Joe in Florida, and he said, "Who's had the bigger impact during training camp between Gilmore and Cooks?" Cooks, one hundred percent Cooks. Yeah, yeah, because Cooks isn't just the third or second or third receiver. He has absolutely lifted Jalen Tolbert to another level. Is, right. You put that, you give him credit. I'm for giving that. him a lot of credit. Okay, for that. all right. You give him a lot of credit for that. I give Tolbert credit too, but I think that the fact that Cooks can't come in here willing to do that, showing him how to be a pro, little things like that, just from the taking notes part to just taking it to the field. I, I Gilmore has been great, but the fact that he's elevated another guy like that, and now. Who's to say that he hasn't? Done, Gilmore hasn't done that for Bland. I don't know that, but I'm just going to say that it's a two for one with Cooks. I will say real quick before you j- jump in that catch that Tobert made yesterday, oh, yeah. smooth criminal in the end zone, smooth criminal. Andy, are you okay? Wow. wow! And I don't know, even on video, I don't know if it came across as great as the catch really was in person. Oh, sweet. It seemed like he held that for like ten seconds for finesse. <laughs> like for it, finesse, it was just he caught it. Feet came down and stuck. Balance, yeah. And then comes out. Like, it was just, it was really Kyle cool. Yeoman's with a, with a great video. Yeah. They got, we'll have one, too. We'll, we'll have oh, one too. okay. Yeah. Sorry. I saw Kyle with one. Yeah. They got we'll, ripped yeah. all over. I, I actually just missed out on having that video, folks, because I was I was looking we were talking. for some logistics for Boss Man over here. <laughs> so he kind of cost me Sorry. footage. Um, but Sorry. wonderful point when it comes to Brandon Cooks. It's absolutely hands down Brandon Cooks. And, again, that's not to say Stephon Gilmore has not elevated the play of Trevon Diggs or the Ron Bland, but when you do it uh, relative to each other, Trevon Diggs and Deron Bland have already proven that they can take the ball away, be elite uh, ball, uh, ball hawks. But then when you flip it to the offensive side of the ball, Jalen Tolbert is a young guy who had a lot to come in and prove this camp. So I give a ton of credit to Jalen Tolbert for um, looking in the mirror, looking inside himself, because that was the first, the main problem was self confidence. He got the self confidence up, he got into his notebook a lot deeper. But he also attached himself to Brandon Cook, which is one th- something I was hoping he would do when Cooks, uh, when the trade landed. And he did. So Cooks is elevating guys like Jalen Tolbert. And we're not going to pretend he's not elevating guys like Michael Gallup. And we see him elevating CeeDee Lamb, even if it's, uh, well, not even if it's, but in addition to uh, locker room and, and those two guys sharing football like you, it's the fact that whenever Brandon Cooks makes a play, you look at CeeDee Lamb and you can see him saying, okay, my turn. I will not be outdone. So, you know, the tide is rising um, much faster on the offensive side of the ball in the wide receiver room because of Brandon Cooks. And then if you look at just his play itself, 
everything else notwithstanding, he's basically owned training camp. Whenever he's targeted, it's it's a big play, it seems, uh, every other time, if not every time. So for me, it's Brandon Cooks. Um, but Stephon Gilmore obviously goes without saying uh, he, will ha- he will have equal impact as Brandon Cooks they, when the season comes along. There was a play yesterday in practice where I, I believe – um, Ferguson and Lamb and Gallup all just basically went vertical, just took it from the, like the red zone, took it into the end zone, and Dak kind of waited, waited, and crossing underneath was Cooks, and he dumped it off to Cooks. There was really nobody there for a while. He got to probably about the five-yard line. And to me, that is what I always envisioned the West Coast offense being. Mm-hmm. Just you spread everybody out, get everyone going deep. Then you got someone slicing in underneath, and Dak loves that kind of stuff. What quarterback doesn't love yeah. a quick, easy throw where you got guys that can go and run? Yak, yeah. Yak. So it, it, and the, that's what's so great about Cooks. He's an underneath possession guy with the ability to go deep. Yep. That that right there is is a dangerous weapon. And if he's not your, you know, he's your second or third best guy. That's that's, hmm, that's something. That's something. Yeah. I actually think as I watched him play out here, I actually wonder to myself if Brandon Cooks will lead this team in receptions mm, and and Lamb in yards because I do think there will be a lot of opportunity for Cooks to get some of those underneath throws and I think the volume will be there with him maybe in a way that it isn't even there with with CD. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I was about to say, won't it be fun to watch that unfold? Yeah. The Lamb yeah. versus Cook's statistical uh, situation play out over the course of the season because they're both obviously going to get a ton of targets. But who yeah. finishes with more targets? Who finishes with more yards? In the end, the Cowboys win either way. I mean, they literally might have three receivers again. That they again. Didn't they do this a few years ago yeah. with three receivers over 1,000 yards? They, 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 they might be there. Really, really close. Really close. Yeah, you know, that's 107 catches for CD. That, yeah. that, that's, a, that's a big change right there if, if – Cooks is getting more than that. I'd have a hard time thinking that that, that would happen because I do think they're going to target CD on bubble screens and things like that. But That was also 107 when the receiving core was not near as good as it is this right. year, right? Yeah. Which is, it's going to sound weird to say, but I think what would threaten the possibility of having three 1,000-yard receivers, and we see Michael Gallup already taking that step and bouncing back and getting back to form, but we, we just mentioned it, Jalen Tolbert. If Jalen Tolbert continues to, to make this leap, then he's going to get targets as well, True. but those targets do have to, you know, siphon from somewhere, so they'll probably come over from Michael Gallup's potential targets. So then you probably have CeeDee Lamb at over a thousand, Cooks at over a thousand, maybe Gallup at like seven hundred if Tobert gets, you know, three to four hundred. So either way, there's no shortage of Ferguson's weapons. Ferguson's going to get five hundred to me. Fer- I think I Ferguson agree. will. Actually, oh, that goes her. Oh no! Okay, that no. actually goes to my next question. That actually goes to my next I have question. Ferguson at eight hundred. I think he steps Ooh. in. I, I think he steps it in. It wouldn't shock me. I think yeah. he steps in and immediately replaces the production lost by okay. Dalton Schultz. Okay. So here's the question: Which second-year player is more primed for a breakout season between Jalen Tolbert, Jake Ferguson, or Tyler Smith? And you could have. You my word! You could have <laughs> used three more guys. Yeah, you know, really, really could. Word. You really wanted could, to because yeah. Demone. Uh, uh, that's word. true, Demone. But I wanted and to stick to offensive guys. Yeah, and and, and Lamb. Yeah. Okay, so Ty- Tyler, Tyler, <laughs> Jalen Tolbert, or Jake Ferguson. I I would say. What a question! I would say Tyler Smith. I believe that he's at his home at left guard. And I will. I'm probably so going to stay there. I I'm on I'm on my own little island. I'm talking long thinking term. That. Yeah. I just feel that way. I think yeah. he I, he probably won't, because that's that's what happens. You have to justify first round picks and all that stuff. But I'm telling you, from the strength standpoint, I think he is going to be an outstanding left guard. That's where I would keep him. But 
you know. Hey, we got the, the tight end whisperer walking right by no here. Doubt. As we're about to talk about Jake Ferguson, we got the tight end whisperer walking by. We got, and, we I'm got, and, I'm about, and I'm about to please him with this question. Here you go, Luna. That, that's Luna Wells, here tight end coach for the Cowboys. Jake Ferguson is the one who makes the biggest leap of those three. Okay. Um, and, and that's not to say that because we just said Jalen Tobert is making the leap, and I think it goes without saying that after seeing what Tyler Smith was able to do as a rookie – in short order as far as not having any left tackle reps being thrown out there and just performing, I think he's going to be a, an absolute force, and he's getting refined. So he's going to – everything Nick Eatman said is right on par. He's going to have a – he's going to be a gamer. Jake Ferguson, though, he's being given a throne at a position that Dak Prescott loves to utilize as a security blanket. Mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz over the past couple of seasons was Dak Prescott's primary target if you go and look at the numbers. Dalton Schultz is not there. So does that mean that Dak Prescott's going to pass less to tight ends that to the point where they're going to be negligible? Absolutely not. I think Jake Ferguson steps right in. You saw it against the Jaguars. He's ready to be that yes. guy. And he has guys behind him pushing him to be that guy because John Smith, uh, John Stevens Jr., he's a talented guy. Hendershot, talented guy. And, oh, by the way, they used to second-round pick yeah. on Luke Schoonmaker. Does that become a wasted pick? I shouldn't say I don't, it like I that. Know. Does that become no. a situation where the Cowboys should have maybe gone with another position in if, the second round yeah. because Jake Ferguson looks like if Ferguson, he may be ready to be the guy. If Ferguson gets 800 yards like he like he's suggesting, or even in the range of six to seven, yeah, I mean you could make that argument. You could you could you could definitely make that argument. Um, but you know you you have to, you have to cover your, yourself. And and we see you know two three tight ends. I mean they both might play a lot. You know Hendershot yeah. is a guy that might get sort of squeezed out of this. I'm not saying off the roster, but it may be out of the rotation. My, my take on it is, and the argument could certainly be made, particularly if Ferguson does what I believe that he's going to do in year two. But if if you go back at the end of the season, if we look back retro, retroactively and we see that Schoonmaker has the second most targets on the tight end unit, the second, mo- the second highest snap count on the tight end unit, then no, it's not a wasted pick because that means he beat out everybody but Jake Ferguson. And they love 12 and 22 personnel Correct. quite a bit as well. Correct, which means that he's, means he's really impacting the game yeah. often. So if that happens to be the case, or if that turns out to be the case, then no, it's not a wasted pick. But when you talk about the pressure that the presence of Schoonmaker puts on Jake Ferguson and Hendershot being able to perform, and John Stevens Jr., he's having a an elite camp as far as young guys are concerned that nobody saw coming. Yeah, I think Jay Ferguson has all the fire, all the tools, all the skill set. He has the mindset. He's ready to go out there and do it. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. we got more questions for these guys. we also get some questions from you guys. Our text number, 817-290-3298. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. 
Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. SeatGeek has your back no matter what kind of fan you are. So whether you're a diehard fan or a don't really care fan, a we got them next time fan or we'll never win again fan, a here for the tailgate fan or a first one through the gates fan, SeatGeek not only makes buying and selling tickets easier than ever before, they made just about everything else easier too. So whether you're a here every week fan or haven't been here in years fan, SeatGeek has you covered. Download the SeatGeek app today. SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to the break. You know, Derek, the Emmy Award-winning docuseries Deep Blue presented by Pepsi is back. Check out the season's four episodes on Cowboys Now, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit DallasCowboys.com slash Deep Blue. You know, Derek is so good that we can't see him. Kind of like Tony Pollard in practice that day that those two guys from uh, from FS1 were out here. Um, Are you sure this isn't a camp holdout? You think uh, is this that is what a, it is? This might be a way. Not midway through. That, this is walking out <laughs> at halftime yeah. and saying, I want a new contract. Like that? No. That, will, that, that takes a I will say this. I'll piggyback, though. I don't know what was next on this list, but since we talked about – is that Jerry flying in? Uh, if we talked about the uh, the is. deep blues coming up, we did have Halle Fame last week. This week, close to the vest, really, really good, really interesting night in uh, 1986. I know we talked about it a couple of days ago, but the, the, the documentary is on the, the night that, that there was an attack on Tom Landry, um, or at least a threat on Tom Landry's life and what they had to do security-wise to kind of get him off the field and come back with a bulletproof vest and interesting uh interesting story of that of that whole thing so Haley Sutton and, and, and really did a nice job with that a lot of people Kevin Timmons working hard on that one and then we got two more coming that I've oh, kind yeah. of been a part of as well 2005 draft class and then also war stories two so um and, and ladies fun. and gentlemen I mean these these documentaries you really want to get in and glue yourself to um I mean, for those of us behind the scenes who are seeing, you know, all these good people, Nick and Haley and uh, and Alex Lilly and, and these folks that are also involved, Al Michaels on the um, – I like how you just put Al Michaels in there with everybody I mean, else. I just – you know – Name yeah. I got you kind of so. you kind of jumped in on on it this year with uh, with war stories. I, I was I wasn't gonna t- tip the hat just yet. Oh, okay. so I it, won't tell you which one. I, I I am involved in one that's coming soon, but I don't want to take away from the one the most recent one that dropped or that's coming, which is uh, close to the vest close because the vest. that that is just that story, um, and as it's told by those who experienced it in real time, like that's something that uh, any and every Cowboys fan should be a part of. Definitely. So so you ended your holdout. 
Yeah, we were saying you, we thought you, you walked out at halftime for a contract, contract holdout. Hold out you guys got it. I ain't getting no more money. Yeah. <laughs> so he's back. I gave in. Back I quick. gave in before it really even got started. All right. Uh, welcome back <laughs> to the final segment. Such a funny statement. Even Mike McCarthy yeah, Mike chuckled McCarthy on that one. Yeah. yeah, he, he like chuckled it. as he walked past. Are you getting right. anymore? Good. Um, all right, so here we go. We got, we got more questions for you guys. Here's our next question. Which veteran needs to show more through the remainder of preseason to make the team? To mm. make the team, Kelvin Joseph, Ronald Jones, me. Neville Gallimore. Go oh, for it, man. Ronald Jones, uh-huh. Kelvin Joseph, or Neville Gallimore? Right now, it's Ronald Jones. Um, yeah. and, and, I mean, the low-hanging fruit there would be Kelvin Joseph, but uh, Joseph has uh, the benefit of being a, a former second-round pick. He has familiarity with the the coaching staff. They're going to want to try to develop him uh, to the point where they're going to hold on to him until they can't any longer. Um, Neville Gallimore, I already see him making strides, and I'm confident he can continue continue to do so. And Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn, they can't sing enough praise as far as the depth of their defensive line. I don't think they want to carve into that unless they absolutely have to. But when you look at Ronald Jones, he came in on a one-year deal. He's not you know, the a draft pick for the Cowboys. He's not a guy who's been here multiple years, so he doesn't have either of those leverage points. And then he suffers the two-game suspension, and then he suffers the groin injury a few days later that's held him out of the Jacksonville Jaguars game, and it sounds like it's going to hold him out of the Seahawks game mm-hmm. as well. Meanwhile, what have we been talking about? Deuce Vaughn and Rico mm-hmm. Dowdle and looking for Malik Davis to take the step and Hunter Lemke. So all things considered, it's it's Ronald Jones, and it, it has to be now, unfortunately, He's not quite ready physically because he didn't practice yesterday. We'll see if he practices yeah. today. I'd like to see him. I mean, I want to see what he can do. Because yes. I still think there's a there's a void there for me at, at backup running back. I mean, that's just a spot that, that you know. And, and I think it's better now to see what Zeke got in money-wise. And I think what um, Cooks. Dalvin. Yep. Dalvin Cook, sorry, mm-hmm. got. Um but because because it's like, well, why don't they just sign him to a cheaper deal? Well, that that's what the cheaper deal looked like. And Cowboys didn't want to pay initially. Didn't want to pay eight and a half over two yeah. years. Six for million Zach is still is still six million right. is still a lot for Zeke from where I, from what I think the Cowboys are willing to pay. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really want to go four million more per year for Zach Martin. Yeah. So they they didn't want want that. And. Um, but but I still think that there's there's a need there for me. There's there's a need for a bigger short yardage back. We haven't really seen it yet, but you know we saw some things yesterday of what they they you know they're going to run the ball in a variety of ways. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of guys running the football more than just your running backs. You're going to do it in different ways. And I don't know if you guys saw the play yesterday with uh, with uh, Deuce running up the middle mm-hmm. and kind of just chopping through the defense and I, I also wonder if there will be moments like that when it's not like they're afraid to run him th- up you know through between the tackles he did that in college a lot uh, he may be a guy that they use in that way in a similar way again they'll do it a lot of different ways and I think Deuce may be a part of that and, yeah. and Tony Pollard will be a part of that because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have over the years said he's not a between the tackles but we've seen Tony mm-hmm. Pollard can do it right Definitely. so I, I do think that there may be uh, some of the people that that you don't even necessarily think about in short yardage will be some of the the, the backs that will be involved in some short yardage situations for I, and I've said it before um, pre-draft after the decision was made to get Deuce Vaughn ladies and gentlemen I get it 
you know, size is always going to be the conversation when it comes to Deuce Vaughn. But I promise you, if it's one yard to go to get into that end zone, it, it takes an average of two to three yards for the defenders to locate Deuce Vaughn. Right. <laughs> so if it's one or two yards to go to get into the end zone, just just give it to him and watch him reappear with a touchdown, excuse me, with a touchdown untouched more often than not. So, yes, I, I do believe he's going to factor in uh, in a big way when it comes to short yardage situations. You right, know, so. if, if, if Mossy Smith isn't your starting defensive tackle, he's pretty quick off the ball. I mean, you want to line him up I, back yeah, there? Not to get the ball. But as a, I, I need a, I need a blocker like that. I'm, he would be, a, he would be somebody I would look at. Now I'm not saying that they're going to do that, and if they do, you know, they probably hate that I say that. But, you know, I, I would like to see more of that, more of the defensive guys that can provide a, a push like that. I think, I think it's. I would it's actually a, look at a guy like Osa for something like that. Uh, I think Osa is quick. You've got to be quick. Yeah, There's no quick. doubt. You have to be quick. He might be better at it. I know one. I mean, like a couple years ago, the the Bears they would use three, four guys yeah, in there yeah. doing that stuff. Yeah. Let's have it, some fun. It's Trick it inter- up. It'd be interesting because we know that um, when Connor McGovern was here, they mm-hmm. did yeah. love kind of flexing him as fullback because they wanted that big, powerful body yeah. back there in those short yardage. So maybe if, they pull somebody from the defense. And Farney, I didn't ha- it didn't it, work it wasn't the, same. the same it wasn't, it wasn't the same it, did, it so, didn't hit the same <laughs> now you, you got to have somebody that that's that's got a little got a little athletic quickness to him you know yeah. that played a little tight end or something mm-hmm. in the past and mozzie right. does say he loves hitting people so that's <laughs> he a, said he don't even like football he's yeah. like hitting people it's a great opportunity for him like to have unless you play football right <laughs> yeah let's keep it between the lines yeah and, that's good and we're all I'm good. glad he has an outlet all right so let's uh let's let's move on to the next question which of these rookies do you see having a larger role in the regular season for this team? Because it looks like, in my opinion right now, it looks like there won't be one of these rookies that will actually be a starter, barring injury. Doesn't like any of them is going to start the season as the starter. But from DeMarvian Overshone, Deuce Vaughn, Luke Schoonmaker, and Mozzie Smith, which of those four do you think will have a larger role in the regular season for this team? Yeah, these questions are fire. Okay, I'm going to knock off. Wow, I was going to say knockoff Schoonmaker, but I mean. Well, you can say a role for each one of them. Right now, you can literally say, I know I think this person will have this role. I don't know which one will be bigger. That's why I'm asking you, the analyst, who are the professionals, which will be bigger. Have bigger impact. Broadus working with you on these questions? No, he was not. No, he was not. Man, this is a broadus like um. question. Like, really good. <laughs> where at first, you're like, this is easy. Wait. And then, this is a good one. Um, biggest role. I got my answer. It Go just for hit it. me. DeMarvion Overshone. Yeah. I'm going with Overshone yeah. by a hair. Uh, by a hair uh, over Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. Um, and it's for me, it, it's the depth equation at the position. Yeah. Um, I still, at this point, I see obviously Tony Pollard, RB1. I see Rico Dowdle as RB2. I see the Cowboys getting Turpin involved uh, on offense. That includes some handoffs. We've seen Turpin take some handoffs as well. Uh, how do you factor in Hunter Lipke? And then you have Deuce Vaughn, who they're going to get involved, but he's going to have to you know, share. Okay. When you look at the linebacker depth situation, you got LVE, you got Damone Clark, who I believe is going to have a breakout season. But then behind that, you were looking, coming into camp, you were looking for someone to elevate. Jabril Cox is making strides, but so is DeMarvion Overshone. The difference between the two is Overshone has more flexibility, and you can see Dan Quinn already starting to put him in different positions to test him out. And if you look at the Jags game, he's already excelling in several of those situations and recognizing mm-hmm. his keys. So all things considered, I'm going to go with uh, 
hook them horns over here, and yeah. we're going to say Overshone has right. the bigger impact. Yeah, I think all of them are going to have a, a role like that in a, in a nickel-type type way, or, um, offense or defense. Um, I mean, Mozzie will be more first and second downs, I would I would imagine. He, But, yeah, I think it would be Deuce or Overshone, and I think Overshone's the right answer there because I think of the special teams. I think he'll be on all of the also. special teams, and then I also think there's going to be a good role for him on defense. Who do you think he takes – time from if he's on the field more then who actually ends up being on the field less it could be it could be Demone or Layton depends on how they how they run that linebackers it, it I, I think down in distance is going to play a factor in it too it could yeah. be a safety could be a game type situation too like based on the matchups in this game we're going to do a little bit more with yeah. him or with three linebackers as opposed to that extra safety sometimes they like to put in the game. It's, it's going to be very intriguing when you also factor in uh, the fact that, uh, and I've been dropping some breadcrumbs, if you're paying attention, ladies and gentlemen, Leighton Van Der Esch has been getting some work, plenty of work off of the edge mm-hmm. in OTA's minicamp and here in, in camp. So I think you'll see some three linebacker sets where only Damone and DeMarvion are actually the traditional linebackers, and LVE is set to go off the edge. Now, does that mean his hand is in the dirt? Maybe, maybe not, but... Uh, uh, I think Dan Quinn has a lot of tricks up his bag to get overshown his reps without it sacrificing someone like Damone because LVE is going to get his, but you don't want to take away from Damone's development. Right, and I get that, but that also means that probably if you're going to have three linebackers on the field, that one of your three mm-hmm. safeties probably yeah, is not going to be on the field. Cost Somebody's going to so, have yeah, to it's be, gonna be down in situation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to change my answer. The guy that I think is going to get the most reps out of all that is Schoonmaker. I really do. I think because I think he'll play in a lot of two tight end. They love to have two tight ends, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think he will be one of the two tight ends. I think they'll they'll have different packages for Deuce, different packages for Overshone. Mozzie will get some time, but I think now not not touches as much, but snaps. Snap I think count. I think Scootmaker might actually get the most snaps. I could see that, but it's a good question. I mean, because those four guys are all going to have which a wouldn't. I mean, that would answer your question as far as was it a wasted pick it you know, as a second rounder? You know, right. he yeah. gets the majority of them. You know what's a know. great problem to have is none of those four guys have. I mean, will probably be starters, mm-hmm. maybe Schoonmaker, but probably not at the moment. You know, and 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 those are good draft picks that are doing good things, but not good enough right now to start on your football team. That just shows you, uh, the depth, uh, you know, yeah. your depth that yeah. you've got. It's going to be fun. And this Cowboys, this Cowboys <laughs> gonna defense is going to be fun. The Cowboys offense, and I feel good saying this now, the Cowboys offense is going to be fun again. It's going to be fun. I love what I'm seeing from Mike's, uh, Mike McCarthy's play calling uh, thus far. And obviously keep in mind, you know, three quarters of the playbook is going to stay on the lock and key in the preseason. But even with the, the limited plays that Mike wants to expose and put on film, the, the situational play calling, it, it felt against the Jaguars. And hopefully this continues against the Seahawks and we'll see. But it felt like guys had separation. There's the word separation. The wide receivers were getting separation. They were in open space a lot as the defense couldn't figure out which weapon to shade coverage to. So uh, let's let's have some fun, shall we? All right, this is going to be my last question. I know we're already over time, but I can't finish the show without asking it. If you had to give one name, MVP of 2023 training camp, who's your MVP? Uh, Chris Beam for me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I a like good one. Our trusty like producer. And I, I mean that 100% like it. <laughs> uh, for me. But uh, on the field, guys. Uh, Just say it. It's it's the obvious one. Is it? Go for it then. It's Michael. Yeah. Okay. That's the obvious one. 
So you want? I, I almost wanted. I almost wanted to say with that, you want that without less, putting you want Micah in obvious? there, but that's not fair. Okay, to let's Micah. go. So so that's fair. You take Micah. Yeah. And uh, and Nick, it's up to you. to Take somebody else. I mean, man, I. It, Mike has been in, in, impressive, but I mean, because he's because he's always in, impressive, but not like this. This dude has really? been unstoppable. I mean, literally every day, <laughs> multiple <laughs> times. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that play doesn't. Listen, get they had, they had to accidentally um, kick his leg yesterday <laughs> <laughs> to to get him out. By the way, he's fine. Yeah. Laceration on the calf. He'll be all right, ladies and gentlemen. No need to break out the pitchforks and look for the uh, the assailant. But yeah. Michael Parsons has just been. Every time we think. Uh, we can't fathom a next level for this guy. He finds a next so level. So he's the defensive MVP? Yeah, I, I, okay. let's go there we that. go. Let's take the defense. Op- Give me an offensive MVP. I, I think from the reasons we said earlier and, and just what he's taking the offense to another level, I'm going to go with Cooks. Mm. I think Cooks has done he, He's brought the offense along. He's helping young guys. He's doing what a veteran should do. He's he, he's like, he's going to be a great locker room presence. We've seen it. He's going to add great speed. We've seen it. He's going to have great versatility. We've seen it. I, I go with Cooks because it's just of what he brings the offense. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us for this entire four-week period. We are back in uh, in uh, Dallas next week. We'll be back in Frisco Coming home. at the Star. What a burn. And uh, we'll have our show on Monday. So next week we'll still continue our every other day throughout the, the remainder of the preseason. So next week we'll be on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. The week following will be on Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and then the week after that mm-hmm. is week one of the NFL season. We will start our daily shows. Not on Labor Day, but on that Tuesday. Every we'll day. start our everyday shows. Every day uh, so we make do. sure you join us. Make sure you check us out for do that. Till then, Come on. for Nick Eatman. <laughs> <laughs> For Camp Nick Eatman and Patrick Walker, <laughs> I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?